Hello and welcome to Corbett's Comments. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as I share biblical exposition and commentary. I truly believe that God's Word is one of our greatest helps as we live for Him in the world today. And so like the psalmist, let us agree to hide His Word in our hearts that we may not sin against Him. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett, and today I want to share a word about mutual support and benevolence as I comment on passages from 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Let's begin by reading 1 Corinthians 16 verses 19 through 20. The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet you. Greet ye one another with an holy kiss. We are continuing in a short series of devotionals in which we're highlighting the interdependence of God's people. And today we come to a point when we want to consider how the churches of the New Testament encourage one another and how they provided benevolence. Now, the churches of the first century were scattered across the known Roman world. And as we can see at Pentecost, uh, there were many, many nations and many, many tribes and many, many tongues and many, many places that had Christian churches planted amongst them. And we also see that as Paul continued on his missionary journeys, uh, he went not only to the Jews, but he also went to the Gentiles in Asia. But then he went across over to Europe and into the Roman world as well. And so... In today's world, we're used to churches being strong and supported by their own congregations. But that was not the case necessarily in the first century. In fact, many churches in that era were struggling, and that's why Paul sent, uh, spent large portions of his missionary journeys going back to places where he had planted churches to encourage those young churches, to train those young churches, and sometimes to rebuke those young churches and lead them into paths of righteousness to help them understand what the proper doctrine for Christian churches was supposed to be. He also sent Titus to Crete in order to strengthen the church there and to install leadership uh, amongst those churches so those churches could thrive. He uh, left Timothy with uh, the church at, um, at Ephesus, and uh, he wanted uh, Timothy to train and teach that church and to lead it into being the, the church that God wanted it to be. And it wasn't just the apostles that encouraged these young churches. In fact, in the passages we read just now in 1 Corinthians 16, we see individual church leaders, Priscilla and Aquila, encouraging churches in other places. Uh, we see uh, churches sending greetings to one another, like the church that met in the home of Priscilla and Aquila, to encourage and strengthen them. Paul said that we needed to greet one another with an holy kiss. And I'm not just sure that meant within churches, but I think also it meant between churches. Now, I'm a Baptist, and Baptist churches are all autonomous, as are many independent, so to speak, um, evangelical churches. 
or non-denominational evangelical churches. But Baptist churches, Southern Baptist churches, are not just autonomous, they're also interdependent. And like the early church, Southern Baptist churches should work together to encourage one another. Truth be told, all of our churches need to encourage one another. We are not in competition with each other. We're in competition with the forces of evil, with the principalities and powers. And, and that lion, that toothless lion, that roams around the world, roaring and scaring people. We need to encourage one another and we need to support one another. Anyone who names the name of Christ as Savior and Lord, as their um, Romans chapters nine and ten, uh, or chapters ten, nine and ten, kind of Savior that we know of in the evangelical world. Anyone who names the name of Christ is our brother and our sister, and we need to encourage them and strengthen them. We need to help one another, train leadership the way their early churches. Uh, did with Paul and Titus and Timothy. And, and we should encourage one another by simply praying for one another and providing emotional and spiritual support to one another. Now, as we think about mutual encouragement and benevolence, we also need to consider 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 through 4, which passage reads, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so ye do. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever you shall approve by your letters, them I will send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now, in this passage, we see that the early church not only prayed for one another, but they also put feet to their prayers. In particular, this case was the church at Jerusalem that needed help, the mother church. The mother church had experienced a pattern of strong persecution from probably both the Jews and the Romans. So they had a sort of caught between a rock and a hard place, if you want to say it that way. They had not only need for spiritual and emotional encouragement, but they also had practical needs. They had need for practical support because they were cut off from their means of supporting themselves. So what was the early church to do? Mother needed help. What was the answer to be? Well, when Paul realized the need of the early church, he also realized that the churches on the mission field had a great debt to the church at Jerusalem. For from the church at Jerusalem had come the church at Antioch, and from the church at Antioch had come Paul and other missionaries who had taken the gospel to all parts of Asia and to Europe. So without the mother church, uh, there would not have been all these other churches on the mission field. And many, many people would not have known about Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And so Paul asked them to collect funds to send to the home church in Jerusalem to help those in need there. Mother had need, and the churches on the mission field, her children needed to answer. Now, note some important guidelines about this benevolence. First, I think it shows that church benevolence does need to start at home. 
with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that benevolence can't take place for other people as well. And in fact, I'm the chief executive officer of a 501c3 charity that distributes 400,000 pounds of food a year to people in our county in need, regardless of whether or not they're members of our churches. However, I think our first duty is to help our brothers and sisters in Christ. Note also, though, that this benevolence was to be done intentionally and in an organized manner. Paul told the church at Corinth that things needed to be done decently in order, and so should our benevolence be done decently and in order. It should be planned, and churches and associations with within uh, or associations of churches should work the plan. There should be a plan, and we should work the plan. Intentionality, intentionality and strategy are not bad words. And in fact, those concepts can help us to be very effective in administering benevolence to both church members and those outside the church. Finally, we should also note the issue of accountability. This money was not going to be collected and spent by one person. But instead, representatives were going to go and accompany the money, the funds, to Jerusalem. Not only so that they could show mutual support to the church in Jerusalem, but, but also for accountability as well. And then also those messengers can take that information back to the church and, uh, and, and, and report to them what had happened with the money that was given. Again, intentionality and planning also provide for accountability, and we must be good stewards of what God has given us. And also, we must be good stewards of what the, our church members have given to the cause of Christ. At the present time, we in the United States are not suffering persecution from the government. We are suffering persecution from our culture, and I believe that will continue to get worse in the years to come. Like in New Testament times, uh, we need one another. We need to encourage one another. And there may come a time when we need to provide benevolence between churches if that time of persecution comes more severely. The current events in the Middle East are an important lesson for us in the Western church. At one time, there was a thriving, strong, vibrant Christian church in the Middle East. However, during these recent years of jihad, most of those churches have uh, been driven out of the Middle East, and most of those Christians have been driven out or driven underground. We say it can't happen to us here, but we don't know. What we do know is that in times of persecution and trouble, when they arise, we need to support one another. So as we continue into the 21st century, we need to follow the same pattern of associating to encourage one another and to administer benevolence that the churches in the first century followed. That's the biblical pattern, it's the historical pattern, and it is the correct pattern for Baptists and evangelical Christians today. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon to comment on more scripture that we can consider together to help us in our everyday lives. Every blessing, I'm Dr. Otis Corbett.